Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines is part six of What Stage of Maturity Are You? with reference scripture Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 in the New Living Translation. Come on, let's go to verse number 11 in the NLT. If you can, if you can see it, say, man, we're going to read all the way through uh, the last verse of scripture there. Amen. Come on, read with pastor. There's much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. <clears throat> Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Remain standing if you don't mind. Look at someone. Please grab his or her hand, eyeball to eyeball, and ask them this question. We've been asking the same question for about three weeks here. Ask them, how mature are you? Would you let that hand go for just a moment and grab the hand on the other side and ask them the same question? Ask them, how mature are you? As you take your seat. <laughs> That's why I didn't look up. I knew you all were going to keep going there. I want to give you, and I want you to write this down. Here's the key word that I want you to use. Please write it in your journal. Attributes. The attributes of maturity, please write it down. The attributes of, uh, are as follow. When you have not reached stage three, and I want to make sure you capture this. When you have not yet reached stage three, this is how you're going to know. And I want to make sure that you grab this because often what we do, we just read the scripture and we're, we're assuming some things about ourselves. But if you're ever going to grow up and receive the things that God really wants you to receive, you, you got to know what the attributes are of both what is good and what's bad. Always know both sides of the issue. So some of the attributes, if you want to know what stage you're in, if you think or assume that you are in stage three, again, here's one of the attributes you want to be able to write down. Please write it. If you are unable to teach others the word of God. And I want you to do a little self, uh, at least retrospect within yourself regarding this issue. If you are unable to teach others. Now, I want, to, I want you to hear me because often people can have titles, but they're still not able to teach others. A title is not indicative of an individual that is fully mature. I didn't say it shouldn't be that way. Well, pastor, then why do we have people in the body of Christ that have titles? Why would someone give them a title if they're not able? Let me explain to you the mind of God. The scripture says that the, the, the gifts and the calling of God 
is without repentance. That simply means, and I want you all to grab this. Everyone look at pastor. Take your right hand. Don't look at anyone, but put it on your heart if you don't mind. And say this with me. Say, as a believer. Say, when God gives me a gift. Point up. Say, he never will change. Put your hand back on your heart. What he has put within me. Now, let me explain that because the Bible literally reads for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It just simply means that when God gives us something, please hear me, it is our responsibility. We have a requirement now to meet the measure where God has put us. So if God gives you title, even if it's through a man of God or woman of God, and you have title, you also with that title have what is called a responsibility. That means that now you have the responsibility to begin to grow in this area that God himself have used sovereignly these leaders to put you in. And now let me tell you why I want to make sure you grab that. If you're not careful, you'll begin to judge people by their titles. And well, why would they ever have a title if they've not grown? You got to understand the mind of God. God gives these things and will use a leader to, to impute or, or to, to rub the oil on an individual to mark them as this is what they're called to do. But it's still their responsibility to do what God have called them to do. That's why the scripture says that God says, he says, whenever I call you to do something, and I'll break it down. Even if you never measure up to the calling, I'm still going to judge you based on what I wanted to bring you into. In other words, I'm going to hold you responsible because the scripture says, I won't change my mind. This is what I've called you to do, but I'm not changing my mind on it. So most Christians never get to a point where they then begin to not only examine themselves, they don't do the things that are necessary to grow up in. And so I, I want to make sure that you get that. So again, one of the indicators or one of the attributes, if you're not able to teach the word of the Lord, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, but I want you to hear my heart. If you've been in church for X amount of years, I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you're a member here for years and you still cannot teach the word of God. You are too busy doing church stuff but you're not doing Christ stuff. There's a big difference. A title in a local vineyard has nothing to do with or excluding you from being responsible to know what the word of God is still saying in your life. Most believers never take time to develop their spiritual attributes, but yet they seek the title because title looks appealing. It's a boy, you can go through a head trip. I, and, and, and let me give you a little scripture for this. Remember when Paul warned, I believe it was his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, listen, don't be quick, son, to lay hands on, on someone suddenly. He was talking about giving them an elevation. He says, don't be quick to do this. And then he goes on to explain why. He says, because what you're going to do, you're going to open them up and the attack of the enemy is going to be so hard. And them being a novice, he said, they're not going to be able to handle the pressure. He says, so be quick to lay hands on no man suddenly. And so what we find, we want people uh, or people desire rather to have hands laid on them because they want the attributes that come with the outside of, a, of, of the title. But, but let me give you a background. Anytime you have a title, whether you're ready for it or not, there is an attack that comes even with that title. 
<laughs> let, let me let that sink in. The moment you say, hey, I know I'm called to do this. Well, guess what? With that, there is a level of attack that comes with that title. This is one of the reasons why, forgive me, I'm giving you a lot of Bible here right now. If you go back and even study your Old Testament, one of the reasons they didn't want David, King David at a certain point, not to even go out to battle because they feared that if the light of Israel was put out, the enemy would go, oh, we got Israel right now. David had become a little older and he wasn't able to do the things that he once did. And they were like, David, we need you to stay at home because your title is more valuable who you are, how God, in other words, God hasn't put in your successor yet that we know of. And man, if your light go out, boy, that enemy coming after us. But, but the enemy, boy, this is good. The enemy was afraid of David. Man, you need to know your Bible. The enemy was so afraid of David. Man, David was, boy, David was one of my heroes. David would march into the enemy's camp. And David, on a few occasions, even went in there by himself. Can you imagine what once an army did, <laughs> David was like, God's on my side. I got this thing here. And the Bible said, David was so bad that, that, that the, the, the women of, of his country began to make songs up about him. And they began to sing it. Go read it for yourself. And boy, it was a put down for Saul, the guy who had the real title. The hand of God went on Saul, but it was on David. And so the Bible says they begin to make up songs about Saul and David. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed tens of his thousands. And the Bible says Saul got so mad, he eyed David like, oh, y'all, you got songs on you? I'm taking you out. See, once you understand that you're able to do what God called you to do, there's also a level of battle. So if you really want to get into stage three, hear me, but you're not willing to deal with the battle that comes with stage three. You may want to stay an infant or a boy or a child for just a little longer because the moment you put on that, that, that suit and that suit says, I'm maturing in the Lord, here comes all hell going to break out in you. Would you just touch someone and say, get ready for it. Tell them it's coming whether you want it to or not. I'm going to give you some scripture in just a moment. But I, I want to give you just a few of these attributes here because I want to make sure you get it. So one of the first attributes is you're unable to teach others. That's how you know that you're not uh, who you should be. Now, here's another thing I want you to write down. And you'll see it again in the scripture. As a matter of fact, just go back to the scripture one more time. I'm going to toggle back and forth. And then I'll give you this next attribute. Look at the scripture. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Next verse. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you some of the basic things. In other words, you're not skilled in one of the translations literally read that you're not skilled in doctrine. So you may want to write this down. Next attribute. Please write this down if you don't mind. Next attribute is you are unskilled in the doctrine. You say, well, isn't that part of unable to teach others? Well, you can still teach people to the degree that you've been given, but there's a different level of teaching where you are versus having a skillful position in doctrines. I took 50 plus weeks in this ministry some of y'all got tired. When are we going to move on to another doctrine? Oh, Lord, we've been here for 50 weeks learning the basic doctrines. Well, can you teach it? You, do you really think I was just standing here wasting my breath? 
Do you really think, oh, I had nothing else to teach. I'm just going to take almost a whole over a year and just going to teach you basic. I was setting you up because the Lord has spoke to me and say, prepare my people to begin to mature. I'm about to visit them. And because the Lord spoke that word to me, I knew I had a responsibility. And when it was confirmed was when Bishop Neal had come to the, uh, to the States here. And, and I didn't know this, but he had told me, he said, man, I've been, the Lord been dealing with me about teaching basic doctrine. I said, for how long? He said, I don't care how long. He said, however long it takes. I said, they got that same problem in Germany. He said, in Africa, in India, everywhere. He said, people are not willing. People want instant gratification. This is why we like teaching stuff about faith that we can receive in Jesus' name. And that way it, it feeds into what we want. And so if we can get a hold of faith, man, it's impossible to please God without faith. That's true. But if you don't know the doctrines, then when the demons come to take your faith out, you have nothing to stand on because you've been in church for years. But you don't know basic. You don't know how to even teach what you believe in. And then the scripture says, now be skilled in doctrine. Doctrine is a very big word here. It means on every premise of scripture, the believer should be able to articulate him or herself in every area. Can I go a little further with this? Do you know that a skilled believer can witness Jesus without ever opening up their Bible? Listen, on every subject. Oh, let me drop a bomb here. I say this all the time. If the majority of the people that you're comfortable with, if you can be friends with people that you know do not serve the Lord and you can hang out with them all the time knowing it, but you have conditioned your mind to believe, well, they're my best friend, but you don't understand the value of that soul, you are certainly not at stage three. You're still in an infancy in your spiritual walk. And most believers are not at that point. There is a way to witness Christ without ever saying, open up your body. What happens if God puts you in an environment where people say they don't believe in your God? Can you still witness Jesus? See, a skilled person can do that because you know enough of God and you know enough of the skill that involves the things of God that you can do it. I've given this example before, and, and I hope you just bear with me as I share it again. Uh, a couple years ago when I was doing a lot of radio uh, interviews around the world, and some of you heard it, I'm sure you did. I interviewed in uh, the UK, and I was on the top station there. I think her name, Kim, you may have to help me. I think her name was Pippa Jones. That sound familiar? I, I interviewed with a young lady, Pippa, out of uh, the UK, top number one radio show in the, in the whole UK. She, she's it. And so I forget how God orchestrated it for me to get there and that sort of thing. And, and in the interview... She said to me, a very wonderful person, by the way. She really was. Very, very kind. Even off air. She's a very, very kind person. She says, uh, may I ask you something, Bishop? Don't you think that your teachings are a bit antiquated? And that the new culture doesn't necessarily uh, respect and or have an allegiance to what you hold as truth. Don't you think that perhaps uh, you need to take a more contemporary approach? How many know that I could not give her John 3.16 at that moment? 
It just, it wouldn't have flowed with her. And so the Lord using it, I said, well, Pippa, I, I think it's an excellent question. I said, give me a moment to respond to it. I said, let's consider this. Let's just consider these antiquated, dilapidated, oh, ain't nobody paying attention to your old fogey ways, Aubrey Shines. You live across the pond. That's what they say in the UK about those of us that live on this side of the Atlantic. They call it across the pond. I said, those of you that live there, I said, let's just take one example from this antiquated book that I believe in. I said, let's consider for just a moment, Pippa, if you don't mind, and all of your audience, let's consider the issue of sex. I said, and I'm paraphrasing it here. I said, there's, there's this antiquated belief that sex is better expressed in this thing called relationship marriage. I said, if that is true and people practice this antiquated, dilapidated, nobody's paying attention. I said, do you realize there would be no AIDS in the world? I said, there would be no STDs that are rampant. I said, we have spent, and I, I had the stats in my mind at the time. I said, we've spent X amount of trillions of dollars trying to fight uh, certain uh, 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 STDs that for the most part would not exist if everybody believed in this. I said, and even furthermore, often people are hurt in a relationship when it goes sour, when there's really been no commitment. Now, the Lord was actually speaking to me about her, even though I never met her before. I said, often we have ladies that are hurt because they gave all their love away. To a, and, and I knew a little of the UK language. I said to an old bloat <laughs> that, that don't necessarily love them the way they desire to be loved. And I could tell it hit her personally. And I says, so imagine if this old antiquated dilapidated thing called the scripture was actually. I said, by the way, that's just one of a gazillion things that we could talk about. And she says, my God, I never thought about it quite like that. And my email flooded with people from the UK that said, who are you? We've never thought of, listen, listen, people, we've never thought about God like that. Whether it's evolution, whether it is dealing with politics, the word of God, when you're skillful, has something to say. I'm going to say this, God, I didn't want to go here, but y'all open up the door, man. Y'all should have said amen a little earlier. Do you, listen, don't, don't take this wrong. We're not the only church. I get this. I get this. I get it. Please don't write me with the stupid stuff. But here's the deal, people. Do you know that the major leaders of today that are on TV have not once discussed the issue of infanticide with their congregation? Come on, people, don't look at me. I'm talking about being skilled. I'm talking about no. You say, well, that's not what they're called to do. I beg to differ. You don't know your Bible very well. Jesus and his apostles dealt with the cultural issues of their day. No matter what it was. Yes, they spoke of covenant, but they were trying to fix the problems. They stayed in their faces. We don't have one major voice today. Does this not bother anyone other than pastor? How do you look at TV with leaders that are afraid to even talk about this stuff? 
Can I give you a little help here? Do you realize if the majority of the TV personalities that are on TV, I'm not hating them. Some of them I know personally. Some I've eaten with them. And what I'm saying to you, I'm saying to them. I've said to them already. But here's the deal. If they're not willing to take a position, then how would the people know? Can I play a game with you for just a moment? I need your imagination. Raise your hands if you'll give me just two minutes of your time here. I want you to imagine whoever your favorite TV personality preacher is, whoever he or she is, it doesn't matter to me. I want you to just go here for just a moment, just in your mind, in your psyche here. What do you think would happen if they said something like this? Like if they said this, I refuse to be on this TV any longer and not say, and then begin to, let's just use the issue of abortion for just a moment. And I'm going to, whoever that personality is, all of you that follow me, I'm going to ask that you follow me to the, to the polling booth as well. And we're going to send letters and we're going to let these representatives and these senators and these people know that if you don't reflect our views on infanticide, then we're not going to vote for you. Do you know what would happen in America like, like that? They would get converted and people would stop desiring to kill children that come outside of the womb. In Virginia, supposed to be a cradle of, of religious people, not one major pastor criticized the governor for speaking about killing a child outside of the womb. Silent. I usually don't talk about judgment. I have a lot of people say, don't you think God's going to judge America? Long time I said, no, not yet. The answer is yes, he is. People, we are doing no... See, if you know your scripture, you'll know that those who worship this idol called Molech offered up their children as a sacrifice to a God out of the pit of the hills. And America's doing the same thing. You don't think... Go back and read what happened to them. Not a pretty picture. Do you think God is going to continue to allow? <laughs> oh, God help us. 20 some million in just one ethnic group alone to have been murdered. And we're not saying anything. I thought all lives mattered. I have people here right now upset that I'm saying it. Maybe this ain't a church for you. I'll give, you your, I'll give you your letter of termination. And I, I'm serious. And I won't talk about you when you leave. God bless you. Find, find a place that you can have fun. Find a place that's not going to stir this part of you. Find a place where the leader won't speak on this. It just won't happen under my watch. It can't happen under my watch. So when you're skilled in doctrine, you address these type of issues. What's happening to our young teenagers that we're not raising up our daughters and sons here to have a voice? They are being dumbed down by a nation and the spiritual leaders are not even touching the subject matter. They're trying to make them believe that on any given day you could change even your gender. I don't feel like being Aubrey Shines today. I want to be Susie Shines. 
And, and if you say something to me, I have the right in certain areas to sue you and to get you fired. Teachers are losing their job, not in the Middle East, right here in America, because they would, I'm talking about even in Christian schools, because they will not address a biological boy by what that boy really is, and that's a boy. We have athletes that are now running races as biologically born boys that are now dominating ladies' sports. What happens when your daughter needs a scholarship, but she can't qualify because a boy that is confused about his gender is now allowed to be on the girls' track team? And you think I'm not going to say anything? I have all these spiritual daughters here. I, got, I have a responsibility. I want them to know, no, it's not all right. I didn't say you have to be mean about it. I didn't say you have to be hated. I'm not saying walk around and, 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 and mock people. But for God's sake, have a position. Take a stand. Know I love you as my friend. If you think you're a girl, listen, I'm going to be your friend. But I'm not going to stop telling you what the Bible says. Because it offends you. You offend God. And the church is silent. My friends that are black and my friends that are white, that are pastors, I'm getting calls beyond your imagination. My white friends are telling me, brother, I don't know what to do. I said, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Man, if I say some of this stuff, you know, I may lose some of my black members. I said, give them Cushites the door. That ain't what I really said. I said, show them the way. Out, exit, stage left, baby. I said, God will fill you up if they got to be lily white. I said, don't get into color thing. Some of my black friends, hey man, I don't know what to do. You know, man, I say this, man, you know, my folk will leave me. Let them rascals leave. Preach out of Exodus and God open up the ground and kill them all in one day. I mean, come on. I don't know. You got candidates that are running for office that now want to, and you say, well, it'll never happen here, pastor. You said that 20 years ago about same-sex marriage. I was saying then, it's going to happen because the church is silent. Now you got candidates on one side, that is, that want to make prostitution legal. And we're in here fighting against sex trafficking as it is. And the church has no skill. We're silent. Well, Pastor, you ain't the only church. I didn't say I was. Get your attitude together. You're acting like you're an infant. I didn't say that. I'm just saying what is factual. And if we don't address issues and if we don't raise up our little teenage daughters and our young sons to know the difference between what's right and wrong, then they're going to be raised in a society to believe that I got to be silent. I can't say what I'm really thinking and believing. I don't want to offend anyone. Jesus said offenses must come. You know what else Jesus said? I'm quoting him. He said, if the world hated me, come on, touch somebody and say, Jesus also said, it'll hate you as well. 
I know this is rough. I told you, I, I warned you before I took message, didn't I? Stage three is a deep place. Everybody ain't ready to be in no stage three because it's going to require you to take a position. And we have been dumbed down, especially in America. We don't want to take a position. We're, we're too busy thinking about whose feelings we're going to hurt. Man, I wish you all have lived in my era. Our parents didn't think nothing about our feelings. I mean, they were respectful. At least I had, thank God, I had some very respectful parents. But they didn't, at the end of the day, it wasn't about me. It was, I lived in their home. It was their rules. What am I going to walk around and protest? I protest. You won't let me have that chocolate cake the way that I want to have it. <laughs> Please. It was eat your dinner first. It was no compromise in that. Well, mama, now wait, mama. Let me just say this. If I get a slice. Right now, we're doing some videos about capitalism. And he said, don't talk about po These things are impacting us people. We're being raised in a generation that, see, again, if you're skillful in the doctrine, you would know about covetousness. Covetousness is desiring to have something that belongs to someone else. But that's the mark of socialism. I don't have it. You have it. Why can't I have what you have? Work for it. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. Come on. But we're teaching our kids it's okay to hate people that have something. <laughs> Until you get it. I, I'm not being mean to anybody here. I want y'all to write me. But I remember some years ago, I was talking about this, and I made a comment. I said, some of y'all feel over wealthy, don't pay enough taxes. Somebody yelled out, they don't. <laughs> Go ahead, Shanae. I know it's you. And so anyway, <laughs> but she had to learn. Sorry, baby. You know I love you. <laughs> Come on, leaders be, be able to handle this kind of talk here. I don't care if they paid all the taxes. What has that got to do with me? You pay a bill, if you, how many, if you believe that stupid, I'm, I'm still in the Bible, this, I ain't going off the train here, I stay with the text, pastor, I'm in the text, honey, this is the text, I'm trying to teach you that a skillful person knows about covetousness, see, what, the reason I'm dealing with these social issues, because a skillful person will always deal with these social issues, I'm trying to teach our young kids, hey, don't, don't hate people that are doing well, Find out what they did to do well. And you can do well. If your only existence is somebody handing something out to you, you're going to always be a slave, according to my Bible, to the person that has it. Why don't they give me some more theirs? I'm going to say this. I'm going to move on. I had a cousin. Uh, my daughter was dealing with it because I don't respond to Facebook stuff. <laughs> I have a motto. If they hate me... I still got their attention. They're looking. That's just how I think. I'm the, you know, Kim and I, we talk about this. I said, no, 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 no. Don't erase it. But pastor, they're cursing you out. I said, good. I like it. I said, it's a good sign. I'm, in, I'm doing something right. Pastor, but some of this stuff is, fine. Oh, no, Kim, but let it stay up there. I like it. I said, just don't respond to them. But why wouldn't you want to respond? Because I got my enemy listening to me. Oh, Y'all missed it over there. If I know people are looking and they're cursing me out every time I post something, guess what? They're paying attention to everything I'm doing. Me not responding is letting them know, I'm not paying attention to you, but you're paying attention to me. Skill, baby. Come on, give someone a high five and tell them, now that's some skill there. 
If you got to curse everybody out to curse you out, you at stage one. I don't curse them out. I let them keep cursing me. That means you're listening to me. I ain't listening to you. You responding to me. I ain't responding to you. <laughs> oh, let me move on. Because some of y'all, I want him to prophesy. <laughs> I got my coins hurting and I, I need a word from Jesus. <laughs> I can't keep going back and forth in the text I've, I've given you, but here's another attribute. Write it down. I only have a couple more I have to give you. And that is when a person doesn't understand their purpose. This is going to get a little deep here. Please write it down. One of the attributes of not being in stage three is when you use language like, I don't understand my purpose. When I hear people say, well, I don't understand what I'm here for. Therefore, I can't be here because I don't understand why I'm here. But you know God sent you here. But I don't know why I'm here. You're not at stage three. Because your purpose is right there in the scripture. To be the salt and to be the light. If a title defines you, you're missing the real bigger point. You know, before I was ever ordained an elder, I was on fire for the Lord. A few friends of mine and I, we, we shared Jesus everywhere we went college the whole deal man we were on fire for real and we were unashamed of this gospel as a matter of fact dr gans you remember the late uh uh quavis mother quavis mother quavis was responsible for taking me into the cook county jail system i, I wasn't there because i committed a crime don't y'all leave here and say that i knew he was in prison no i preached in prison i Please, I've already had some people, really, I said, I, this is funny, but I did have a group of people here. When I said this some time ago, they literally put out a rumor on me. Y'all have no idea what I go through. I knew, I knew Pastor the Lord showed me. Y'all think I'm kidding. I wish I was making this stupid stuff up, that I had been in prison. And they had apparently pulled up my prison records. <laughs> Not kidding. This is all true. Happened right in this ministry. They put up my prison records and proved that I had been driven out of Illinois because of my criminal past <laughs> and how many indictments I had against me. I said, wow. How did you answer? I did it. It's stupid. <laughs> Chris, has your daddy been in prison? Have I been your daddy all since you've been a baby? And now you're having a baby. Was I, ever, was I ever gone anywhere? Did you miss me for months at a time? Have I been on the road working on the road again? <laughs> I better stay here. See, your purpose, people, listen, I'm trying to help you grow up. See, stage three people never ask what my purpose is. They know their purpose. They know what God have called them to do, and it's already written. But if you don't read what's already written, you'll never know what your purpose is. If you're looking for something external outside of what God has already said, and you feel a bit, a bit, a bit jilted because they have a position and you don't have a position, you really don't get your purpose. Sometimes God doesn't allow you to get, quote, a position because you're really not ready even for the title of it. If I love the way the Old Testament reads. It says, if the footmen have wearied you, 
then how shall you contend with the horses and the chariots? The idea behind that scripture is, if you can't beat the soldier that don't have a horse, how are you going to beat the soldier that also has a horse and a shield? You can't handle that kind of pressure. It's just way too much. So your purpose is already there. Let me give you another attribute. I got to keep going here. And this is very important. If you're not in contact, please write this. If you're not in contact with why you act the way that you do, why are you the way that you are? If you don't know those answers, now that's a very broad statement, but I want you to hear pastor's heart. If you don't know why you do what you do, you've not grown up spiritually. If you've not been able to identify why you have challenges. Listen, I, get, I want you to get this. Just because, and I better put a pause right here. Because you are, some of you may be at a stage three, don't mean that you won't have moments where you revert backwards. That's a fact. Anybody can have, as a matter of fact, the scripture says that even a righteous person can fall several times. You, in other words, but don't use that as an excuse to live there. All of us here have whatever challenges we are. That doesn't mean that you're not where God wants you. It just means that you're still working in that area. But please don't use that as an excuse to curse people out every day. I'm just working on it. No, that's who you are. <laughs> if every time you open up your mouth, you're dropping the bombs. Child of God, don't make me put my religion on the shelf. You ain't got a whole lot. You just don't. <laughs> I warned you all the other week. People come to you with stupid stuff. I said this, and I don't know why I felt such an impact when I said this, I don't know, a week or two ago, whenever it was. But there are people that would take it upon themselves to be the spokesperson for a group of people. That's not stage three. That's stage two. Because stage three people, if I come to, if I come to Reg and I say to Reg and to Salika's wife, hey, I want you to know. This is how I see you all. And let's just say it's negative. And then I include, and I want y'all to know to the Kerr family, everybody thinks the same way about you. My job as a state street person said, and Jerry thinks it, and Dr. Beckman thinks it, and Jordan thinks it, and we've all decided this. See, when you can't bring the full picture, you're not at stage three. Because you don't know why you act the way you do. That's really pride. I, don't, I wish I had time to really deal with that. And really what that is, it's a false sense of leadership. Because what you're really doing is you're making your... The Bible says, don't become something that you really are not in power to become. Don't act a certain way if you don't have the power to live that thing out. If I come to someone about something, I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone. I'm speaking on my own behalf. Now, if I know other people feel it, and believe, I'm selling you out. Or don't come to me with it. I'm not, listen, oh Lord, I keep striking. Every time I go here with this, I strike a nerve in this place. That means that I got a lot of y'all wannabes running around in stage two, pretending that you're in stage three. The Bible says, speak that which you know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the book. And testify of what you've seen. It didn't say for me to bring my, my belief about you and incorporate 700 other people, but they're not there to say, I didn't say that, or I didn't feel that. See, these are things that are going to make you all grow up. And all of us, God knows all of us have been guilty. I've been guilty of all this stupid stuff at some point in my life, but I had to grow up. People, touch someone and tell them, if you're going to be here, you're going to have to grow up. Come on, say it again. Say, you're going to have to grow up. All right, let me go a little further if you don't mind. Let me give you the next one here because I want you to see this. 
Oh boy, this is going to be the bomb. Oh boy. Y'all ready to write? If this attribute fits you, you're not at stage three. Please write this down. You are unwilling, please write it down. You are unwilling to practice because you lack discipline. You are unwilling to practice. A person that is not willing to practice but just wants to be involved in the game is not a mature person because he or she lacks discipline. I've had this conversation in the last five months. I'm not exaggerating, probably with 40 people, not just here, abroad. Discipline is not something you are just born with. It is a behavior that is intentional. It had, listen, it has nothing to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with your mindset that says, this is what I need to be. Now I got to put it into practice. If a person is not willing to develop what they are, then their attribute is, I'm not at the stage three level. Because people that have no discipline are not mature people, period. Mature people are people, grab someone by the hand because y'all just went dead. Look at him or her eyeball to eyeball and say, you know, he must be talking to you. Or someone else on this row telling me because I am full of discipline. This is not, people, this is not just about your weight. This is about your reading habits. This is about your viewing habits. This is about what you believe you are. Are you willing to invest into yourself in this area? If you have no discipline, you will never become whatever you believe God wants you to become. And most believers lack right here. You just think you can pray it. This is why some people like Oh, God, I better stay here. This is, going to go on, this is going on radio. If you need to be a part of a church that always shouts and dance, and you believe that that's the real Holy Ghost, I love G to G, but my God, when are they going to lay hands on people? I love G to G, but when are they going to have a line to prophesy? I love G to G, but honey, I need to be in a place where I can feel ha ba 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 I need to be in a place where I can talk it. He me, 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 me. If that is all you are looking for, you are not disciplined. Jesus did not go around talking in tongues. When he laid hands, read your Bible. That's not all that he did. He taught. It's written more than anything else. The apostles taught. They instruct. No, we don't leave out lingo of hands. Man, I'm real Pentecost. I believe in all this for real. But you need to know something. Because if I just lay hands and we all run around and shout, I've had people say, I love your church. But man, I need to be in a place where the Holy Ghost is moving. Let me interpret that for those of you that don't understand this kind of language. I need to be so. And you think that by being sweaty, <laughs> you've experienced God. You can shout and roll on the floor and still be crazy. I want you leaving here educated. I want you knowing the word of the Lord. And if you want to get your shout on, that's cool. 
But if you measure your spirituality by how many times we lay hands on people, you're going to miss, you ain't in stage three because you need a feeling. You know why a lot of people like being in churches like that? I'm going to stay here until y'all get free. <laughs> they like being in churches that make them shout and dance because they can ignore their own personal reality. And if I can just shout and dance half the service and say, whoo, we had a time in there. Then I got to go home to Mr. and Mrs. Crazy. I can ignore them because I'm so emotionally just spun that when I get home, I don't even see them child. I'm charged. I can't wait to get to church next week and get my shout on. That makes me stop thinking about how crazy you are. See, that's people. Come on. That's not dealing with reality. I have people here with when I, I want the gifts of the spirit. You ain't want. Shut up. You ain't want nobody to Jesus since you've been born again. You didn't invited people. That, well, I invite them to church past the times, but they don't come. Because you ain't a leader. Ooh, that's deep, pastor. You got sinners all up and down your block. You don't even know your neighbors. You got people in your community. You don't even know them. But you, you, you want me to lay hands that you can learn how to prophesy. Are you kidding me? And that's going to do what? Who are you going to prophesy to? Where are you going? Prophecy is for the unbeliever that the unbeliever can go, my God. Not for us to run around here prophesying to each other. For yea, say the Lord. Hmm. I see. Hmm. A home. No, 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 it's not a home. It's a car. Nope, my bad. It's a child. Oh, Lord, I don't know what I see. Who are you, who are you exercising your gift to? We were gifted as young men. You know what we did in college? I prophesied to people that didn't know the Lord. I know this is deep for some of you. I walk up and say, hey, you got a minute? You know what? I kind of, I, I, I don't know. I know. I don't, hey, my name is Aubrey. What's your name? I said, let me tell you something. I was walking, and, and I don't know if you even believe in any of this, but, but you've been dealing with, and I would tell them by the Spirit, and they're like, All right, here's the first word everyone would say, you're psychic. For me, that was the perfect door for me. I was like, no, no, let me tell you about the, the God who's over all the psychics. And then, then I could begin to teach them about the scripture right on the spot and let them know, no, no, Dionne Warwick and these psychics, well, she wasn't out then, but there was some other 900 numbers or 800, 1000, whatever it was. Give me three, give me 399. I'll take it and buy me a burger, but I can't give you a word. See, the gifts are for the outside. Not just, yes, it's to build us up as well, but it's to make the unbeliever go, wow. If you read your scripture, again, this is stage three here. The Bible says, for when these signs and wonders were saw, the people, speaking of the world, they went into, and I'm quoting, I think it was Theophilus who wrote it. He says, and the people were in awe, and they wondered at the signs and wonders. That's where we get the word wonder. They wonder like, my God. Remember my friend, Pastor Darrell, who I bought here? Uh, he spoke up in Georgia. I, this boy had an anointing on him. I just talked to him last night. He would go, I don't know why God used him like that. He was known for laying hands and feet that were shorter than other feet right before your eyes would grow out right in the church. Powerful. My friend who helped train me, Paul. Paul was so gifted. We looked like little kids out as evangelists because we had them little baby face. 
I could barely get hair on my face to grow. We'd come in with bow ties on, head full of hair. People didn't know to say assalamu alaikum or what. They didn't know what was going on. But Paul was so gifted that Paul would lay hands on people and instantly tumors would dissolve. I mean, tumors where people, it was so big. It would protrude through their big goiter's own neck. Paul lay hands and speak in a tongue and them things would leave and people go, good God Almighty. I was with Paul up in Roanoke, Virginia. It was my first experience, not with that, but where I'm trying to take you to. And, and Paul said to me, because the church was, so many people had come out that service, and I think he had gotten tired. And he looked over at me and said, Aubrey, you, you, you take, let me see, if we were standing this way, he said, you take the left side. I'm going to take the right side. And I was going down, man, I was laying hands on people. And everybody was standing there rejoicing. And when I finally stopped with my line on the altar, I looked down, everybody that he touched was on the floor. Everybody I touched was still standing. How many know I went through a head trip? Oh, come on. I'm trying to help some of y'all grow up here. And I didn't say anything to him. I was broken. I kept thinking, I ain't traveling no more. This ain't working. I could preach, but some missing. I could prophesy, but something was missing. He didn't say anything. I'm talking spiritual level of stage three people. Paul grabbed my hand. And I never forget it. He grabbed my hand and went in a oh, He went into a tongue. See, but I can't even talk deep to you all right here, because y'all some of y'all ain't. What, what, kind, what was that? Was that Spanish? No, no. And and nobody knew what was going on but Paul and I. And he looked at me and he was actually he's a year younger than me. And he was almost borderline arrogant. That's why I liked him. He was cocky boy. He said, "Now go back and do it again." And I had to go back down that line. And listen, while the people were still up crying, hands under lifted, before I could touch them, boom, and I got happy. Before I could touch them, boom, I said, oh, Jesus. And I just went down like this. And they were just falling out. Man, I turned around, Key, and I went, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. I got it now, baby. <laughs> Y'all want that. But let me tell you what you didn't hear. Before that came, I was known for witnessing Romello bringing in countless people every month to know Jesus Christ. On the street, people knew the Lord. And I didn't stop there. I brought them to my church. Even though Dr. Gans was there giving me bad doctrine. I'm just kidding. She wasn't. No, she really wasn't. Y'all don't leave here and go, poor Dr. Gans. She did have them long dresses on. Anyway, come on, we got to go here. Here's my last three minutes. I got to get y'all out of here. I'm sorry, people. I have those issues and I'm still at stage three. What's your level? Come on, let's go here. Last one. And this, you'll find this at the bottom portion of the scripture but you really need to read this, please go home and read it in the Amplified, in the NLT, in the message as well. When you cannot discern, please write this down, when you don't understand what's called divine or human law. As a matter of fact, Audrey, will you pull that up? I believe that's in the, let's go to the first, the Amplified, Hebrews 5, and if it's not there, 
we'll toggle over to the message. Everyone look up at the screen. I just want you to see this. That pastor didn't just make this up. Uh, yep, there it is, right there. Go to the top, people. Look, look at it. But, but solid food is for who? Oh, by the way, that word there, you want to write this down? That word men is no different in the Greek. It just simply means the word mature. And so don't leave here with your gender issues. All right, I'm just helping you, huh? So it says, but solid food is for full-grown or mature people. For those whose senses and mental faculties are what? Are trained by, practiced to, no, because some of y'all don't, I don't believe in discriminations. Here it is in the Bible. You, you should be trained to practice to discriminate. In other words, you got to have a proper judgment, people, and to be able to distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Are you all seeing that? So um, a stage three person understands that there are some, there are some differences between divine and human law, and what is morally good and noble, and what is evil. Note what he didn't say. He didn't just, all people, listen to that pastor. He didn't just make this about you knowing the scripture. He said, you got to know the laws as well. You got to be able to know how to discern it. Well, Pastor Shines, should we be trying to legislate morality? Absolutely. Don't let nobody lie to you and tell you that's not true. How do you think we got to it? If there was no intervention of what right is wrong, that means that when I am on, and all of my police officers do not call me after this service, that means that I could get in my car and do 80 miles an hour on a 20 mile hour street. How many know that wouldn't be right? Little kids are out there playing. We got to know the difference. What happened? Somebody had done some studies. They found out certain lifestyles are good and certain are not. You got to know the difference. So if you're going to get this, this portion of the scripture is necessary. Next week, I want to give you something. And I'm going to show you how Paul uses the word body. And I'm going to show you the process of digesting from a spiritual place. It's going to blow your mind. You'll see certain things. I, I got to stop. My time is really up. Close your Bible. Do you know that there are certain sicknesses that come into a person's body when they're not spiritually where they should be? I, some of y'all don't believe it, but I, I have proof to it. Certain sicknesses come in. And often, well, why am I sick? Because you don't understand maturity. You're eating something, I'm speaking physically, but spiritually, you're eating something that's making you sick. There are certain signs and, signs and symptoms that even your body will reflect when you're putting the wrong stuff in it. If it's true naturally, why not understand there's some truth to it spiritually? We act the way we act because we've not nurtured ourselves. We're not nourishing ourselves properly. And when you don't nourish yourself properly with the word of the Lord, you can never grow up to stage three. Everyone look at pastor. How many, for God's sake, want to grow up? Come on. I didn't say be a member of the church. I said, how many want to grow up? and do what God had really called them to do. Can I say this to you? Once you really start doing this thing, man, it's going to blow you away. God will take you to places that you only dreamt of going. God will, God will give you favor with stuff you can't even afford. 
But if you only get happy because, oh, he's going to get me a big house and I ain't got the money to get it, you ain't growing up. It's still about you and you want a bigger, a bigger pin to play in. Come on. I want you to grow up. In doing so, I need you to stand up everywhere. Standing everywhere. Heads are bowed. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm so glad that in Jesus, he's so fair. God, I'm so glad he doesn't promote us and give us stuff based on our heritage, based on who we know, who we're connected to. I'm glad that when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see black or white. He sees his blood. Either it's there or it's not there. You can't be pro-anything without being pro-Christ if Christ is in you. I'm going to say it again. If you put your ethnicity above the blood, you are an idol worshiper because you're making your ethnicity bigger than, well, that's the thing I want to focus on in the culture. Focus on the blood. And he'll lead you everywhere in your community you need to go. Walls need to be broken. Bodies need to be even physically healed in this place. Hands are lifted to a God that loves all of us, who died for us. Come on, would you lift your hands? Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Would you say this with me? Father, forgive me for every sin, every transgression. I really do need you. Say, I believe over 2,000 years ago, you died on a tree. The same blood that ran on the ground, ran upon that tree still has power to wash my sins away. Say this with me. I believe I'm really called to do some great things. And I believe in my heart, God, you placed me here to be trained, to be challenged, to be provoked, to be instructed, to be corrected, to be rebuked, to be loved. Let your will and let my emotions get out of the way of your will in my life. I surrender my whole life to you. And from this day forward, no one will have to be my cheerleader to make me excited about you. But I will serve you. I will serve God's, your people. And I'll do your will. Even when I don't want to, your will be done and not my will. Help me. Help me, Lord. Say it again. Help me, Lord. Help me to grow up that I can be impactful, an effective witness in this earth with the few years that you allow me to live here. And I'll take no credit, but I'll give your name all the honor and all the praise. If you prayed that prayer, then put your hands together all over. The same. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.